0: The following is an encore presentation of Sunny in Seattle. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny's guest is best known as the Moon Woman. And the two of them will be discussing ancient feminine wisdom, the age of Aquarius, and living a high vibe life. Her guest, Tanishka. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy.
1: And good morning, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from nine to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you are always welcome to access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And my website for further information is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. So I'm really excited to bring you uh, our amazing guest today who came to me through very serendipitous turn of events that we'll have to tell you more about. Uh, but I'll read her bio for So uh, if you are not familiar with her, you can get to know her a little bit better, and uh, we'll hear from her in just a moment. Her name is Tanishka, and she's best known as the Moon Woman. She has over half a million followers on her daily blog, offering intuitive guidance to live in tune with the lunar cycle. A best-selling author of five books, she has taught ancient feminine wisdom and practices for over 20 years. She is a leader in the global red tent movement and has trained women in 43 countries to facilitate red tent women's circles. former stand-up comedian and clairvoyant, Tanishka has captivated audiences around the world by decoding the great mystery of all time, the Holy Grail, from the perspective of the sacred feminine. And in 2015, she created the 28-Day Happy Challenge, a not-for-profit project to raise funds, awareness, and support for women and children recovering from the trauma of human trafficking. In addition to being a popular keynote speaker at conferences, summits, and festivals, both online and around the world, she writes for numerous magazines worldwide, Wide. Tanishka's website to find out more about her and her online courses, her books, her CDs, live events, all the good stuff is found at themoonwoman.com. That is the (laughs) moon. So sorry about that. Let me try that again. Themoonwoman.com. And on that note, we'll bring her on. Danishka, welcome. Here's your giggly ear as I've totally butchered the website the second time I have tried to say it. Oh, bless you. No, I find it actually hard to
0: say the moon woman without laughing myself because it's not a name that I gave myself. It just, it stuck. You know, a student had this Facebook page called the moon woman and her intuition said to give it to me when it was at 7,000 people, I think in 2011. And then it went viral and the name <laughs> stuck. And I was like, okay, so I'm now the moon woman, which conjures <laughs> up different images for different people. So feel free to laugh. It's good to say lighthearted.
1: Yes. Well, I have so <laughs> many questions about all these things, how all these things came to be. But I, I do want to ask you, since you were just talking about how this, the the name, the moon woman came about and you had a student who had a Facebook page or a website that had, as you mentioned, about 7,000 followers at the time. And of course, now you're over half a million. Um, Clearly it did go viral, but I'm, I'm curious, like it it reminds me of, there are certain things we can set out to do and you could set a goal of, you know, creating a website that has half a million followers or the way that you came to it was this woman felt guided (laughs) to give you like a little, like prime the pump site that was already going and, I'm, I would love to just hear your thoughts on how manifesting from that perspective, like when the divine just wants to send something on through that is clearly yours to be done in this lifetime, like how did, yeah. that, how
0: did that even come about? Yeah, well, I, I think it's kind of like um, whether it's your calling or whether it's your beloved, when it's time, it's time and you can't avoid it. It will chase you down. You will trip over it in the bank. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> there's this galactic tidal wave that has the final say on how we end up you know using our energy in the world so um you know years before I had impressions that I would be writing I thought it was going to be like a syndicated article on helping people live in alignment with the natural cycles but Yeah. When that offer came in, that call to adventure, you know, my initial response was, Oh God, no, I've got enough on my plate. No, I don't want to be on social media, you know, but this voice just said, do it. And I knew enough to listen to that. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: Well, so, okay. You've just mentioned the voice. And I know from your bio and poking around on your website a bit, you are a clairvoyant or you've strong intuitive capacities was this something the voice was present with you from a young age, or was that something that arrived when you were making that transition from comedy into the spiritual work you did? Oh,
0: I love you for asking that because no, I didn't see dead people when I was <laughs> four, which is how Hollywood portrays it. So we, <laughs> but we've all got the gift, we've all got, you know, clairvoyance, which is just clear, inner seeing. And I know there's no way you'd get through early motherhood without all of these. Subtle senses because when a child can't speak, you're communicating through the subtle senses, you know, to perceive their needs. And the more you merge your empathic heart, say, with a lover, the more you can read them. So we all read people, we know first impressions if we get a good vibe or a bad vibe, whether it's a car salesman or, you know, a real estate agent or whatever. So we've all got these gifts. I just, you know, I read, I did private tarot readings and archetypal readings for I don't know um, I think 12 years before you know really then reading on a global scale the the sort of the trends and and reading what was happening and um, that is like a muscle it's like a gym you know you just you get stronger the more you use it yeah so it's great and heartening to see now intuition and and has become a buzzword even amongst corporate sort of culture. And, you know, we're starting to open up these upper uh, dimensions of seeing that life is not just 3D. It's not just what we can perceive through the physical earthly senses. You know, we've all got inner sight, inner hearing, inner sensing um, and, you know, These are our superpowers, you know, all the the Hollywood films make it look as if becoming a superhero is about becoming more physically able, more physically strong. It's actually the opposite. It's about embracing our sensitivities.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. And then I have to ask about this transition um, for your career. You were a stand-up comic, um, yeah. <laughs> and you've done some other things. And I loved, you know, the way that you put it. It it makes it so much more meaningful to me to see the work that you're now doing to embrace and uplift the divine feminine. Where the way that I think I saw you describe it in a couple of different places was that you had made your living like self-deprecating and mm-hmm. really not empowering that feminine part of you so do you mind speaking a little bit about how that came about because i imagine it wasn't just an overnight thing (laughs) yeah
0: um thank you for that because you know i see it in other female comedians and I, i can't watch it pains me you know and i remember uh again getting another download intuitively that the earth mother gaia she feels pain every time one of her daughters puts herself down whether that's you know verbally or with a choice you know because we're all fractals of her it's all one interconnected electromagnetic field so yeah for me (laughs) the catalyst was i was living a really toxic life you know on every level emotionally mentally physically you know i was in love with my gay best friend and doing a show Um, where, you know, I was using seduction and, you know, using my looks to try and pump up my sense of self-worth as well as, you know, um, I suppose acting out how I'd been treated as a child, which was humour being used to mock, to put somebody down, to diminish rather than to make light of the shadow, which is when it's healing, you know, when we recognise our own, human foibles and we laugh at them but with a sense of compassion for ourselves you know which the greats do people like Robin Williams has done that beautifully you know it's inclusive humor it's not um you know bullying oneself or bullying another sector of the community and using humor as a weapon so yeah for me it was the moment when I got down on my knees and I just I suppose it was a prayer, but it was more like a tantrum. I call it the cosmic candy, you know, (laughs) where I just said, if you want me to be a woman, send me some role models. And that's when the magic started. It's like the door to the mysteries opened because the cry to the universe was so heartfelt and so earnest. And that's the moment of the soul rebirth for all of us. When we get so desperate, we realise I can't do this on my own. And um, so within two weeks, my life fell apart and I ended up living up um, in a little hut off the grid um, and being initiated by a wonderful woman called Jen Powell, who looks like she's out of Middle Earth, who became my fairy godmother. And I was then initiated into, you know, women's mysteries. And it was just like a light bulb in a dark room, you know. I mean, I'd been awake i got two copies of kahil Gibran's book the prophet for my 21st so i'd been doing you know self-help workshops and books and reiki and things like that but for me you know if we look at the heroine's journey it is for women understanding how the feminine has been distorted and how we've bought into that and how it has sabotaged us and wounded us so for me it was so transformational i just dedicated my life to trying to light as many torches for as many women as I could after that and and now I'm working with men as well to help them embrace the feminine in themselves so that they're not half a man if you know what I mean they're not running from the feminine in themselves which um is so detrimental to a man's psyche you know and to his relationships of course and I I actually think it's the elephant in the room at the moment in terms of the global crisis
1: that we're facing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I loved. I I had the opportunity to watch um, before we spoke today a recent YouTube video um, from January 24th, I believe. And I was just well, a couple of things. I just have to preface this with. You know, I speak to a lot of folks on the spiritual path on the show and I love it. And I love the folks who are just the straight up spiritual, uh, ethereal, like you, they speak from the truth that comes from the soul. And then I I speak to folks who are more on the science side of things and they've got Uh some research and some statistics statistics that they bring together and one thing I've noticed about your work is you really draw you've done your research um and I from watching some things before we spoke I just thought I love that you are bringing both of those two ends of the spectrum or I don't even know if that's an end of a spectrum in either event you bring it all together um, and I really enjoyed it so anyway on this YouTube video that you were sharing about on January 24th um I loved what you were speaking of, and do you mind just sharing a bit about uh, like this—the idea of the Grail—and uh, the, the other thing that I learned that I just want to throw out there was that you were just mentioning the hero's uh, journey, and that yeah. that actually tracks the twelve—the twelve stages of the hero's journey track the twelve signs, the zodiac, or the signs of the sun. Like, anyway, I'm just gonna give you the floor now. <laughs> The best preface or segue I've ever done. but <laughs> Oh I love you for it
0: because it's a genuine excitement you know to the point where you're like oh I'm having trouble actually putting exactly. this into words you know I can see you visually unlike our audience and you look like you're just going to combust with joy and that's like. such a gift. <laughs> yes. So, this yeah. is I get off on insight too, you know, and for me, I remember I was at my accountant's, this is like 28 years ago and this little blue book by the channel Alice Bailey from the Theosophical Society jumps out at me. You know how a spine of a book can just, you know, holler across a room and it was called The Labours of Hercules and she is the one who married and saw that, those archetypal 12 stages of the hero's journey made famous by Joseph Campbell, bless him, you know, granddaddy of modern myth who, of course, mentored George Lucas who created Star Wars. Um, But she married it to the sun moving around the zodiac wheel. So the grail, in a nutshell, is the ancient wisdom of the feminine which teaches both men and women how to understand and live in alignment with the natural cycles on the understanding that they are initiating us to mature and to grow to become a man for all seasons or a woman for all seasons to become whole and so for instance you know as we're filming this you're in the dark months you know in america in the northern hemisphere in winter and i'm in australia in summer so For you, it's a time of going deep into the cave and looking at um, in contemplation, you know, your unhealed aspects and, you know, being um, deep in the cave of your own labyrinth, your own mind and journeying inwardly, which is the feminine. The feminine is the great within, the dark. It doesn't mean it's evil, but... You know, we've been taught to be afraid of the dark. We've been taught not to go within, not to go in the cave. And, of course, if we don't do that, the mystic isn't born within. You know, the witness, the soul. So, yeah, um, the most challenging time for men is the winter solstice. That's like their annual period. It's when they're most likely to experience depression, illness, injury, and even suicide and so in the ancient world the men would go away for nine days over the winter solstice and be midwifed through their annual psychological death and rebirth okay and the women it was the wise women that presided over these rites because you know women we cycle every month and when we become more conscious of how that physical cycle is impacting us energetically, emotionally, and psychologically. We can embrace it as a shamanic um, sacred practice, and this is why women had moon lodges and red tents where they would go in and they would gather and distill what they had learned, you know, in the previous month. So that they were transmuting painful experiences into wisdom, into understanding. So instead of becoming bitter and twisted as they got old, you know, or alcoholics, (laughs) they'd come together, they would relax, they would rest, they would eat, they would laugh, they would tell stories, swap parenting tips, but they would distill, they would compost (laughs) their experiences so that their womb, wasn't holding all of this unprocessed pain which then can result in bloating and in what we call women's problems (laughs) you know right yeah so um you know the women that taught the grail were called the magdalens it was a title okay uh it actually means watchtower and that's um a term that was uh, thankfully researched by Lawrence Gardner, who's written some wonderful books for those that want to go and do their own rabbit hole research on that, you know. But um, so the Watchtower, you know, it was literally her offices. It was like she was in a turret. You know how you see like the Disney castle and the castles and they had those turrets. So she would look out over her community and um, in a sense was the spiritual leader of her community and her and the king of the land would um, convene and together the, the masculine and the feminine would lead. And I so love that we're discussing this as we come up to the full moon and Leo when we're recording this, which is on the 28th, 29th of Feb, depending on which side of the date line you're on, because that is about sacred leadership you know. And the hero's journey um, or the heroine's journey, both of those uh, initiation parts that help men to harness the power of the sun to develop the sacred masculine traits such as optimism and courage and confidence. For women, the equivalent journey is the 13 moons going deep into um, their you know, sort of Pandora's box, their subconscious, when the moon's at her darkest phase. And women who do that develop the strengths of the feminine, which is intuition, wisdom and compassion. So, you know, when these um, foundation genders are strong, we then have a more balanced playing field to then interact with our opposite and therefore heal the split between the genders, you know. So, you know, if we don't know who we are as a woman or who we are as a man, and there's so much gender confusion at the moment, you know, particularly in our youth, um, that, you know, you can see the legacy of the loss of our rites of passage, of these sacred communal practices that were all part of the grail that were outlawed by the Roman Empire. And one's only got to look at a map to see... The reach of the Roman Empire throughout the Celtic lands in Europe and then you think about the colonisation from those cultures to Australia, New Zealand and America and so on, you see just how this impacted, you know, basically we're all Indigenous, we all used to live in alignment with the mother, with her cycles, with the cosmic cycles of the father, And we lost that during the age of empires and we're living with the end game of that now, the legacy, you know, in a time of great division, great polarisation, you know, which is because of that mindset of divide and conquer. But it's time, it's time to gather and it's time to reclaim our original human rights, our sacred rights, which were distorted and resulted in a distorted world soul a collective psyche and that's what we need to heal
1: yes and i have to tell you um in well this might be a good point if you don't mind me sharing uh how we came to be connected because it's totally. quite serendipitous yeah and it while i totally trust these the, the serendipity and the synchronicity um and the, and the 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 divine unfolding of whatever i'm supposed to be doing at any given time it just never ceases to amaze me and fill me with so much gratitude that that you appeared in my life at a time when I needed the wisdom that you present. Um, and so in preparing for this show, I went and I read one of your most, I think it is your most recent book, Goddess Wisdom Made Easy. Uh, It's a Hay House book. I'm sure many of you, you know, um, I interviewed Phyllis Karat not too long ago, and hers was The Wicca Made Easy. I love Hay House's books that kind of distill down some of the wisdom to make it approachable for folks like me who don't know the, you know, the really in-depth things about all of these various traditions and practices. But in any event, I had the opportunity to read Goddess Wisdom Made Easy, and given as you said we are here in more of the winter time and it is a time to go inward and i have felt that deep call but it's very countercultural. uh you know we're just supposed to be energizer bunnies going year-round and not taking any time to go dark or fallow and uh your book the goddess wisdom made easy and reading for the show i just thought oh my gosh this is the permission that i needed with all of the history that i just adore um learning about and so I would love to hear that because I, I'm sure not all of our listeners know this history either. You know, as you said, we're seeing the in game of what happened during yeah. some of the, the Roman Empire and the reach and all of the, the age of empires, really. Um, but there was a time before this that was more feminine wisdom, goddess oriented. Um, and in fact, it was about 2000 years uh, well, now now I'm looking at our age of Aquarius, maybe we'll touch on that later, but anyway, what do we need to know about the history of the thousands upon thousands of years where we were more oriented toward the feminine and the goddess? I want to, first of all, make the distinction that whilst the um,
0: earlier pre-patriarchal cultures were matriarchal, matrilineal,
1: And what do those words mean for people who don't know? Okay,
0: great. Okay, so matriarchal is honoring the feminine as the creatress, okay? Just like women are the ones who actually become pregnant and birth, they would honor the earth mother as the one who gestates throughout her seasons and, and provides us with, you know, food and water and shelter and whatnot. But they didn't not honour the sacred masculine. So, you know, they would have festivals to honour both. And that particular cycle of mysteries um, that, again, were initiations were a template for conscious relationships called the Hiros gamos, meaning sacred union. And when people understand this, it's like, oh, so that's why around the autumn or fall equinox each year you're more likely to have a big argument with your partner Hmm. okay because it's when the the shadow is coming up because as the solar light wanes we've got less energy and just like a four-year-old gets tired and cranky So do we, <laughs> you know, and the more we've neglected the healing of our inner child, the more that shadow gets projected onto the people we love the most, okay. The The ancient culture was also matrilineal, meaning that uh, inheritances were passed down through the the lineage of mother to child because that was directly traceable, you know. And a lot of the communities involved the women living together in community and collectively raising the children. You weren't considered motherless if you didn't have biological children. The role was shared because it does take a village, you know, like that lovely African proverb to raise a child. So you didn't have, you know, women I dare say neurotic and <laughs> strung out you know outnumbered by their progeny and trying to you know keep uh, some semblance of uh, of uh, routine and order so I think I'm probably off track but um these people live sustainably not just environmentally but they were socially sustainable and that's the key like you know, I've said before that if we can't keep a pot plant alive, of course we can't keep the Amazon alive, you know. It's like, you know, we're just in overwhelm and that overwhelm has actually been a deliberate strategy, you know. that. Um, and so whilst I'm not, uh, what would you say, a fan, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, of these lockdowns, in the unfolding of the divine plan they're still serving us in that they're putting everybody in the chrysalis in the cave and we're having to look at where our life is and is not in alignment with our innermost feelings our soul and so for a lot of people it's catalyzing a dark night of the soul which is that halfway point in the hero's journey which is the most challenging time on the whole wheel. And, yes, for those of you that are currently journeying through the dark months of winter, um, this is when you will be confronted with that initiation. And that's why, you know, accessing cyclic wisdom, which is the grail, it's why uh, men would seek the grail because they knew they couldn't fulfill their potential they couldn't complete their ultimate mission their quest they couldn't become whole or a hero if they didn't um, humble their ego and seek the wisdom of the feminine like even the medical industry as it now is you know that all began with consulting the herbalists the women who um spoke to the divas of the plants and were initiated directly by nature you know and so everything became structured and then politicized you know whether it was education or um, medicine or spirituality became politicized as religion everything became more about the head the mind and i suppose the greatest challenge for the masculine is to transcend the limitations of that rational mind and reside in the heart and be the good king the sovereign the good father to his inner child and equally for a woman it's to transcend the sea of emotion of drama by taking responsibility for um, healing the inner child and a woman's way to do that is to understand the impact the lunar cycle has on us on our moods and emotions on our energy levels on our libido our creativity and you know i'm so passionate about young girls being welcome to moon lodges to red tents and being taught how to manage their cycle because without that understanding they're at risk of self-harm eating disorders you know just drug abuse, all the things that are absolutely rife in our soul sick culture. So yeah, um, these ancient uh, societies, men and women were equal, you know, um, from the Norse to the Celts, and there were Uh, wisdom keepers that were both male and female and leaders that were both male and female so it's only during the last you know few thousand years of empiric consciousness that the feminine was subjugated and that isn't to say it's men's fault men in fact have lost just as much but just in a different way to women so for them they couldn't express or be connected to their feminine or physically they would be bullied they would be even ostracized shunned you know by those at the top of the hierarchical pyramid um so you know the the repression of the feminine has equally harmed men and women so we've got to move beyond this kind of debate around who's the bigger victim <laughs> <laughs> and just get on with our healing, you know, in brotherhood and sisterhood.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's one of the reasons, again, I when in diving into your work, um, that I really liked your desire to bring the divine masculine into the fold and empower the divine feminine, because that's the only way. I mean, that's I think that's where we're headed, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what. Um, but I would one of the things that did stand out to me. Um, in reading your book um, was this, uh, the theme of part of a, 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 what you call maybe your inner patriarch or the patriarchal culture looks outside to externals for worth, for validation, for direction. And the feminine or at least what I have taken from this beautiful, like, reclamation of the feminine power was that we are going inside for the worth, for the value, for all of the things. Um, And so I think it's, even if you have no, even if you're not um, schooled in all of these things that we're talking about, people can tell something is happening right now. We're in there is something changing. There is a transformation happening. And I loved how you were talking about these 2000 year increments we've been living in. And we just flipped the page on the big calendar to another 2000 year increment. That's the age of Aquarius that many people have heard about for a long time now. What do we need to know about this age of Aquarius where we're headed? And how does this even relate to all this goddess wisdom we've been talking about?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So yes, we have just turned a page Um, or, you know, again, if we look at time from a feminine perspective, it's cyclic, it's not linear. So the ancients taught or understood the procession of the equinoxes, which is a huge cycle um, that we are all living through. And what it translates into meaning is that every 2,000 years as a collective consciousness we are experiencing and learning to master the lessons of a particular astrological sign and we've just emerged from Pisces for the last 2,000 years and if we think about you know Pisces you've got two fish it's about duality. And at its height in the the World War II era, you know, we had fascism, you know, you're either white or black or profane or sacred or male or female or, you know, it was which is basically coming from solar plexus, from the mind, seeing everything in sort of polarised terms, which is what creates conflict. Now, that's what you would call immature or shadow Pisces. The um, empowered Piscean was beautifully embodied by Yeshua, who the Greeks renamed Jesus, in that he embodied um, the duality within himself by residing in the heart, because being that central energy centre, when we are centred in the heart, then we transcend um, the limitations of the mind and we come into a place of accepting what is and not um, condemning and vilifying someone that has a different opinion to you, which is what we're seeing so much of at the moment. And it's just like the finals exam for the Piscean age. Do you know? There's no point in trying to take someone down who doesn't validate your beliefs. You know, it just creates war and that's what we're emerging from and what we're going into is the Aquarian age which is about unity consciousness so going yeah okay we're all different but we've also got these universal things in common and the universal part of us is our soul is the inner self and regardless of how it manifests physically in our world whether you know you're Muslim or Christian or Jewish or you know Zoroastrian or Zen or whatever at the end of the day those are all just attempts to give a a terminology to what is experiential so the heart is the place of feeling and the feeling function is what in our fast-paced world everyone is trying to disassociate from because it's painful to feel the pain of the soul when we've denied the soul when we've repeatedly made what's called the devil's bargain in other words we've sold out we've prostituted what the heart's yearning for in order to get quick gratification whether that's popularity whether that's a job with a car and a health package or you know The devil's bargain can be staying in a relationship that you've outgrown because you're afraid of facing the unknown, but here you get at least security and your inner child gets, you know, the sense that I'll be taken care of, you know, like a mother surrogate. So this is why I'm so passionate about the hero's journey because we are all in such a huge transition and it is ritual that was always used as the catalyst to assist people through transition states. And, you know, the rituals a lot of people have grown up with in, you know, sort of church often have no real meaning for them. They're like pantomimes. They're, you know, they don't speak to people's real needs. But um, initiation is what assists somebody to um, dissolve and acknowledge what isn't working, what must be released, and then enter the unknowable, the void, and experience the surrender to a higher power so that then the divine can usher in through serendipity, as you spoke of, through synchronicity, a new path that aligns us with the path of the heart you know yes
1: yes and it's oh just for call signs for folks that are out there you're listening to sunny in seattle and i am joined today by tanishka the moon woman her website is themoonwoman.com, and some of the wisdom we've been talking about is from her book goddess wisdom made easy um so, and I realized as you were talking about serendipity, I never even shared the story of how we met and now I've teased My it up two God. times. So I feel like I need to just go ahead and share it. <laughs> Cause this is how these things happen. anyway, um, so I um, run Soul Digger Book Club, um, started it, gosh, we've looked at now about eight different books, I think, since the beginning of 2020, and I started it right around when um, the pandemic hit, and I would wanted to start a book club here locally in Petaluma, but because of the pandemic, I just took it virtual, and so we had folks joining us from various places, and the most recent book we did in uh, the very end part of 2020 was called Remember Every Breath Is Precious um, by Leslie Joan Lupo. It's a, one of my favorite near death experience stories. And somehow this lovely woman from Australia just happened to do a Google search on the day that I posted the book club link. And mind you, book club is like 15 people max. I mean, usually we're like around eight or 10. So this is not like some really huge following book club, something like that. But she found us all the way in Australia was the most, I'm, I'm not going to share her name just in case, cause I didn't check it with her, but oh my gosh, she brought so much to the group. She is just incredibly, spiritually tapped in and her energy just was pure love and magic and just had such a wonderful time having her join us all the way from australia and after the show or i'm sorry after the book club last book club meeting she reached out to me and said oh i have a friend you might want to interview and i didn't know what to expect she sends me tanishka and i'm like holy crap this is a hay house author with a half a million followers (laughs) like what what and reached, uh, connected us via email. And Tanishka, you of course were incredibly gracious and we had some fun conversations leading up to this conversation today. I know you were doing, I actually wanted to ask you about this. I know you've got an offering or something you're doing right now that I also wanted to talk about, but how did your event uh, in Uluru, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, at that sacred site around the Solstice Grand Conjunction or the Great Conjunction go?
0: Oh, bless you. Yeah, it's um the... Uh, Your listeners may know it as Ayers Rock, um, which is the huge sort of monolithic stone in the centre of Australia, which is the global solar plexus point. But the Indigenous name is Uluru, Mm -hmm. U-L-U-R-U. And just a shout-out today as we're filming this, it's um, actually the National Day of Mourning for the Indigenous Australians. It's, It's Invasion Day, which gets celebrated as Australia Day. So yeah, we just honour the original custodians of this land. So, yeah, I was called there inwardly by my soul for the great conjunction, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be aware of. This, you know, we spoke about the Aquarian age. This was kind of like the turning of the wheel as Saturn and Jupiter both uh, appeared to be so close to each other they were the one star you know like the portent the star of bethlehem that began the piscean age and they were at zero degrees aquarius which is us entering in through the pillars of the age of light as it's prophesied because you know what the aquarian age is about is frequency it's about energy so its symbol is energy in flux in flow and so You know, um, yeah, I created this um, free kind of video series just to remind people that even though the global vibe has taken a bit of a beating in the last 12 months, you know, with all of the what I term the great silliness that has come to pass. It's our, our lesson is to remember that we are first and foremost energy. You know, all of matter is made up of oscillating energy and we're all connected. We're all interconnected in the field you know as quantum scientists are now quantifying and so if we view what's happening from the lower self from the limitations of the mind from the wounded child it's a very scary time it's a time of entering the unknowable and not knowing what's truth and what's illusion you know discerning what is the great deceiver you know of scripture but if we view it from big picture, which is the lesson of Aquarius, then it's like, oh, this is just an opportunity to master a lesson, and the lesson is frequency. If I raise my vibe, you know, like my 17-year-olds are always saying, yeah, vibing, I'm vibing. You say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm vibing. So the youth generation, they're already like totally you know, down with the Aquarian age, it's all about frequency. I mean, the Beach Boys were singing good vibrations as we entered the cusp time, because there's a sort of 30-year period between the ages when we feel the new influences come in of the new energy, but it's expressed in the old form. So that's why we had hippie communes and, you know, Woodstock and, you know, people smoking weed rather than drinking their toxin like they did in the Piscean age, being a water... Uh, sign, and now it's more about air, microwave technology, the internet, space travel, you know, ideas, TED talks, you know, so um, Yeah, so the thing that we most need to attune to is our energetic state, our frequency and um, Isolation is one of the things that drops our frequency So it's so great you're doing an online book club and for people to gather online even when there are external restrictions placed on people gathering because, you know, I speak about in this series, the way stars form is they spiral and they magnetise to them other light particles. And I was given a vision the first time I went to Uluru for the shift in 2012 Um, when our planet became the seventh and final planet to start spiralling around the great central sun, Alcyon, which is the brightest star in the Pleiades uh, star system, which is um, why we're entering this Aquarian age. We're moving, ascending in a spiral up into this galactic um, sort of sea of photon light particles. So even though it's the darkest before the dawn, this is simply a moment in time is how we'll look back on it, you know. Um, And the challenge is to be the light in the darkness, to keep your frequency high, even when externally things look very dark. And we can do that by understanding You know, for instance, the foods that impact our brain chemistry, which ones raise serotonin, the happy hormone, which ones increase cortisol, the stress hormone, which ones impact melatonin, which regulates the sleep-wake cycle so that we're not lying awake worried about the state of the world, (laughs) you know, as so many people are at the moment. So, um, yeah, I've just got some practical tips for people to say, hey, we're all in this together. And we need each other, you know, and that's in journeying the dark night of the soul. Yes, it's a deeply internal journey in our innermost cave confronting our greatest fears and doubts and insecurities and the wounds that we've probably dragged along and redone for lifetimes. But ultimately, um, you know, we're all going through it. None of us are not being initiated at the moment by what is happening. And the more that we come together in circle and share our experience, the more we midwife each other, the more we hearten our resolve and the conviction of our hearts, um, and the more we come out of those sort of spherical, circular womb spaces reborn. And that's why every indigenous culture had circle, you didn't just have an individual practice like meditation and yoga, which is great. You also had community practices on the understanding that together we heal together or, you know, when we're woven, we're strong, resilient with inner strength.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that was one of the things also, you know, I know we're getting, uh, we've got I got a few minutes left here because i want to make sure there are a couple of other things i want to visit but i loved how you put this um in talking about the red tent movement um uh you were talking about i'm just going to read a quote here If women don't have a safe space in which to connect with and express their feelings they tend to retell their latest drama from the perspective of their mind in a social setting such as complaining over coffee and cake or in my case it used to be a lot of wine Um, and this can heighten the drama and induce greater levels of stress This is because social space evokes the ego personality, whereas sacred space evokes the soul, the part of us that's transparent and vulnerable, but wise. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've never heard it articulated so beautifully in thinking about why was it that, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, a dinner table drinking too much and complaining to my girlfriends about my ex-husband, like, why didn't that feel satisfying? Or why didn't that actually get me anywhere? And I thought, oh, this is what you're talking about. Like We need a sacred space to talk about some of these things and to really um, embrace all of these parts of ourself. Um, And I don't know if there's anything you want to share about the red tent Tent gatherings. I know you've facilitated a lot of that um, for folks who might be interested in that.
0: Yeah, look, I offer online facilitated trainings so people who want to start that practice in their community, whether it's with their friends, whether it's, you know, as a community service or even, you know, to complement other holistic services they offer. But thank you for raising that because, you know, the practice of circle teaches us how to share power. You know, by passing a talking stick, it's not he who is the loudest dominates, the dominant ego, whereas in social spaces, the energy is scattered. It's not concentrated through sitting in circle, which creates a vortex. It's a sacred geometry, which brings up that which is not integrated to be healed, whereas in a social setting, even though we're with people that we love and adore and we probably, you know, we need social time as well. I'm not saying, hey, we all just need to sit in a circle all the time, right? (laughs) Right. It's like I love to have dinner parties and drink wine. Well, me too, me too. (laughs) You know, I love to do that with people that have a practice of sitting in circle because it changes the dynamic in the social space so that they're laughing at their own shadow and they're sharing their wisdom rather than scapegoating people that have hurt them and asking people to validate their wound which creates a negative vortex it brings everyone down it's draining yes
1: yeah yeah I just yeah it makes so much sense um and I have participated in a women's circle not it's not affiliated with red tint or anything like that it's just been a local circle that we started pre-pandemic and has continued on virtually and I think ah now I get the the i understand the value of this in a whole new way you gave me words for why it is such a meaningful experience um, yeah, and so I think, you know, um, at this point, we may say goodbye to our Petaluma audience. Um, and Petaluma, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. And this, uh, we can continue on for our final about, we've got just about four minutes left. Um, I want to make sure that our Seattle listeners know um, what you've got going on right now, Tanishka. I've really enjoyed um I, I took a deep dive into your work in preparation for this interview. So, I, of course, I highly recommend Goddess Wisdom Made It Easy. But you also have, um, I, I, Uh, watched your free video series you have right now um to access this it's called the high vibe life to find it you can go to themoonwoman.com that's of course tanishka's main website the woman uh, i've done it again (laughs) themoonwoman.com forward slash high dash vibe dash life so that's themoonwoman.com Hi, dash, bye, dash, life. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what, what shall we say about that? Uh, what you've got, all the things you've got going on for folks to connect with you, and all you're sharing right now, Tanishka.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, I, um, I'm very excited. Um, on February the eighth, we'll be starting the um, trainings for both men and women that feel called to hold circle as a community practice. So uh, for the guys, it's called 12 suns. So it's um, journeying around those 12 solar months to awaken the hero at each one of those gates. And I'll be personally navigating them through providing the map and, you know. Um, And for the women, it's the red tent uh, online training. And so this is initiating women into what they really should have been given when they became a woman when they started cycling with the moon with within their own body temple and so it's an initiation into the grail for both men and women but just the different paths and um, having sat in circle with women for the last 25 years i cannot imagine what my life would look like without that support and i just I want that for everybody, you know, I just, um, you know, we are vulnerable and it's through acknowledging our vulnerability that we will find our true gifts and our true calling and our true happiness. So we just need to create spaces with safe group dynamics where we can be each other's dream holders and uh, reflect upon the beauty in each other and the wisdom we can learn from each other through open-hearted sharing. So yeah, if people feel called, um, this is a time of people who perhaps don't even see themselves as leaders, you know, the meek who will inherit the earth, you know, the people that are compassionate, that are good listeners, that care about people. These are the space holders and it's not about being an expert and being a teacher. And, you know, it's not about that at all. It's like, you know, Kevin Costner's film, Field of Dreams, build it and they will come be willing to hold the space and you are going to witness miracles.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. It stepped on your toes there, but I just, I get so excited when I hear it put that way, because that, that feels so much more aligned to me than, I think the way that we've been doing things Um, and just so that folks out there can um, hear again, since I butchered it so terribly the first time this, the high vibe life um, free video series that Tanishka has right now will give you a beautiful entree to this. I learned so many fun facts about, I, I have my notes here. I'm like, Oh, the foods in our neurochemistry music, from the 40, 432 Hertz versus 440 hertz and that change and what that signifies. Like this is fascinating stuff. So anyway, you can get a taste of this all on our free video series. It's at themoonwoman.com moonwoman.com forward slash high dash vibe dash life. Um Tanishka, we've got less than a minute left. Um, any parting words for our listeners? I've just enjoyed our conversation so much. So if you want to floor for a final message. Oh, bless you. Yeah, look, um,
0: I'm being impulsed every day just to go into my heart and listen to some lovely free Heart Hurts music on YouTube and attune to the heart within the Mother and the heart within the Divine Father and the heart within our world soul and visualise the world that our one heart knows is our true organic timeline. And the more we do that, the less we will entertain and jump at the fears that are being projected and played out in our waking world.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. So, this has been Sunny in Seattle. You have been listening to Tanishka, the moon woman. Her website is themoonwoman.com. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I'll see you next week. Sunny Joy signing off.